Hey, hi, hello there. Welcome to On The Agenda podcast. My name is Ella Gearan and I'm your host. And On The Agenda is a podcast that talks about uh, gender identity, um, health inequalities, transgender health, and the experience of people who are transgender and non-binary. I am non-binary myself. um, And although I speak from my own experience of being a non-binary person, obviously, My experience is not the same as everyone's, so always bear that in mind. And when referring to me, I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. Um, So, I've not made a podcast in a while, for two main reasons. Number one, COVID. What's that all about? Um, I listened back to one of my podcasts that I did in March called, um, that's about sort of our children old enough to know that what their gender is. And it was really nice to listen back to actually, but it was quite funny because in that, at the start for the sort of first 15 minutes, I talk about what's going on with COVID at the time. Um, as at that point I was working on an acute psychiatric ward full time and we were preparing to have a hot ward, a COVID ward. And oh, how naive I was thinking it would just be like, you know, low key, no big deal. Over by uh, the summer, all is well. Um, it had no, that's, <laughs> this is December 2020, big no. Um, so anyway, the second main reason is that um, a lot of the news that has been going on and been on my radar over the last few months about um, LGBT people, our rights, um, and the attitude of the wider community, wider world, um, has been really pretty crap. I'm honest, very disheartening and very uh, exhausting. I've just not felt up to talking about these things and these issues because it has upset me so much and taken such a a toll on my mental health um, that it just wasn't sensible for me to be filming, filming, recording a podcast about things that upset me uh, because the world is going to shit. And people are really horrible to trans people. So anyway, we're not going to dwell on that today. Uh, We can talk about those things at another time. Not for today. Um, So we're going to do some bits of news. And then I'm going to be talking today about assertiveness. Um, So I'll do the news and then I'll tell you why I chose to talk about assertiveness. uh, Because it's such an interesting topic. So yeah, um, I was back in March up until April. I was working full-time on a female psychiatric acute ward um, at a local hospital. Love it there, absolutely love it. Um, What a lovely team. And so I left that job, however, in April. I have since been working at the University of Nottingham as a lecturer of mental health nursing, which is so cool. So cool. It's uh, the best job. I thought I loved clinical, um, and I do but I love teaching just that little bit extra. Um, So no wonder I have an educational podcast. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's brilliant. I love the students, they're so fun. Um, And it's just lovely being able to teach people and talk, spend all day, I get to spend all day talking about and reading about and sometimes writing about the things that I care about and I love, which is cool. Um, Speaking about writing about things I care about, 
In uh, late August, I had a paper published, my first academic paper. Um, so that's really cool. If you search my name in Google Scholar, it comes up, it's the first one. Um, and that is in the journal Transgender Health, asking what are the benefits of educating nurses about transgender health? Why do we bother, ultimately? Why should we bother? Why should we care? Um, so that's really cool. And I've got a couple of the papers under review. So yeah, that was really big news. Um, and the last term at uni, we are finishing uni for the for Christmas break this week. Um, the last term since September, my God, that has been a whirlwind. Whew, it's all been online. There's been all sorts going on. It has been busy. It has been busy. Um, but the last sort of month or so, it's kind of started winding down, which is good and needed. Um, and yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff starting to come about. I'm starting to put together some bits, both within medicine and health sciences and for the whole university for LGBT History Month. Um, so if you have me on Twitter, at GenderMHNurse, then I will be um, chatting on there about things. Um, and I'll probably mention it if I do another podcast between now and then. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, other things that have happened uh, the other week, I went to an event online hosted by Adam Brett, who is a, um, I want to say, a PhD student, and they are looking at um, LGBT representation and education in schools. And so their Twitter is Adam C. Brett, with a double T. And so they did a uh, online sort of uh, workshoppy type session uh, on gender diversity, acceptance and affirmation in schools. So most of the people there were in primary, secondary education. There was someone there from a, a post-16 college. And I think I was the only one there from higher ed, but I was kind of gate crashing because it was aimed at schools. And absolutely, oh, it was brilliant. Really, really good stuff really enjoyable really informative beautifully presented and just so nice to know that schools are doing good stuff and helping be more lgbt inclusive um because things weren't quite like that in my school um at secondary school or a primary school even more so actually at primary school um and so yeah it's lovely it was really lovely um, and encouraging to see that. Another thing that's happened in the last few months is uh, comedian Sarah Keyworth, if you don't know her, she's very funny. Um, she has produced a podcast with the BBC called Are You a Boy or a Girl? And if you like listening to this one, which hopefully you do, I recommend listening to Sarah Keyworth because she's much more funny and brilliantly, brilliantly talks about gender and her experience of gender and um it's brilliant i first came across sarah on another podcast which was um oh, what was it even called it was the teen Birken Birkenstead revisited which was a girl reading back her teenage diaries from her school at Birkenstead. and sarah was one of the guests and talking about her um teenage life growing up and going to secondary school and a lot of the things sarah said in that rang true with me and so since then I've been a big fan of her comedy and the fact that she's talking about gender uh, was very cool very very cool so please go and look at that 
Um, so yeah, today, this episode, I want to talk about assertiveness. And on the face of it, assertiveness has limited um, links to gender and gender roles. Uh, typically, men are encouraged to be more assertive and women are not. So that is sort of the primary link, but there's not really much else uh, going on with it. So in relation to assertiveness, why did this come up as something I was talking about? So as part of my job as a lecturer, I am the co-deputy module lead for a third year final year module on leadership and management in clinical practice. Really good module, lovely stuff. And for that, uh, because it's linked to the student's placement time, we provide clinical supervision, uh, which is sort of a way to talk through their experiences and sort of evaluate what happened, particularly if things have gone wrong, and also celebrate when things have gone right. And so my colleague, Louisa, who I share the role with, um, and I, we developed a sort of a confidence and leadership-focused supervision tool because um, a lot of the students we found can do the stuff they know the skills they have the hard skills they can do the clinical care but don't feel confident about their ability to do the clinical care or are quite nervous of leadership um and so we wanted to find ways of sort of helping them do that particularly towards the end of the course uh when leadership is most important as they prepare to qualify but just in general um, and one of the aspects of this, as well as sort of the discussion elements of supervision that's quite traditional of resilience-based supervision, is uh, we started adding in sort of soft skill group activities. And one of those is on being assertive. Um, and so I was preparing that activity and as part of that preparation, I was reading into what's it what assertiveness is, how that fits into nursing, why are nurses so bad at being assertive, because, oh my gosh, aren't we just, aren't we just, it's such a skill to learn, and I think it's one that definitely a lot of people struggle with, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, my mother's a midwife, and I, when I was talking, looking at assertiveness at first, she was like, yeah, the other day, someone said, um, I should do assertiveness training because um, a junior member of staff had been quite rude to her and mum hadn't felt able to sort of say, hang on, that's not appropriate. Um, and so it's really common. And mum's really, really experienced. She's been a midwife since forever. Um, and like since forever and ever, like 30 years more than that, I think. Um, and so if she struggles with it, having so much experience, newly qualified nurses are struggling with it, having much less experience, everyone's struggling with assertiveness. It's not good. And so there's kind of a history to that. There's a reason that uh, a lot of nurses and nursing carers struggle to be assertive. And it all ultimately comes down to culture and the cultural norms of healthcare services and every workplace has a culture um, so every hospital every ward every service every team will have a slightly different culture but every sector will have a culture and healthcare is definitely one that will have a culture um, 
of certain things. Certain things happen in healthcare that don't necessarily happen elsewhere. Um, and so nursing was historically seen as a as women's work. It was a role that only women were able to do. And it was even when men were allowed to be nurses, it still is a workforce strongly dominated by women. Whereas um, if you think about medicine, it was always traditionally uh, done by men. And only in recent years has it gone from being very heavily skewed uh, towards men. Medicine courses um, at universities tend to now actually be sort of uh, more slightly more women than men on them um, but that has been quite a slow change over a long time and often traditionally when we think about a doctor or we think about going to the GP we always picture a man that's going to see us when actually there are so many women who are doctors um, and so because of that a lot of um, what we perceive to be involved in each job is related to gender. For example, a lot of nursing is emotional labour and personal care, which we uh, traditionally see as women's work, things that women do, emotional labour and personal care, uh, because women are supposedly wired towards that sort of thing. Aha! Uh -huh. um, and this whole concept of women's work is very damaging, uh, in many ways that I will try and cover, uh, but we will be mainly focusing on assertiveness. And then, um, so the thing is with medicine, is um, historically to become a medic, and even now, you have to do a whole lot of studying, a whole lot of studying. It's a very academic uh, profession. You have to know a lot of stuff. You have to be um, very, very... Um, intelligent in your way of thinking and problem solving and it is a very academic position and although nursing has become increasingly academic you do have to do a lot of critical problem solving intelligent problem solving and you have to know a lot about research and the best practice that comes through evidence bases um, however historically up until very recently nursing was not a degree subject it was a purely practical um, subject. I know I mentioned my mum, she trained to be a nurse and then transferred to midwifery in the 80s and her training was almost entirely on a ward, almost entirely, whereas now it's 50-50, wards to theory. And so her sort of teaching is very different to what we do now, what I teach people now. Um, and so with more of an academic focus, that's lovely, but in the history of nursing we weren't seen as having an academic focus so there you were you had the men in medicine who had all this academic focus and you had the women in nursing who were doing emotional labor personal care women's work stuff and they didn't have that same academic prowess at the time um, and then there's another layer to it because both then and now doctors would lead the multidisciplinary team. Um, in a hospital historically, it was sort of doctor's orders and everyone did what the doctor said, and that was that. Um, and nurses would sort of follow what doctors told them to do. Whereas now, obviously nurses are becoming much more 
not independent, but um, I suppose, I don't know, independent we'll go with. This is editing Ella. Autonomy is the word I'm looking for here. Nurses have more autonomy. Um, but still working within the multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary team, MDT. Um, but that is still often led by a consultant medic. Um, they tend to lead the multidisciplinary team. So even then, that power imbalance remains. Um, and so even with nursing becoming more independent, more academic, more um, sort of evidence-focused um, than it used to be, it still has a lot of connotations from before, and there is still this power imbalance with medics giving orders to nurses. Um, even though that often it can be the other way around and that's the thing you think of um, if you think of sort of cultural presentations of healthcare culture and environments um, like your sort of medical tv shows I love house um, I talk about house a lot and in that the nurses are kind of subordinate um, you don't really see anything about them and anything they're doing is uh, kind of out the way you give them all the like little jobs uh, because here comes doctor to save the day and tell you what to do and I know that is partly down to house being house but equally it's um, yeah it's not it's culturally a thing as well um, that might be an exaggeration because it's a TV show but it is kind of quite a good example of culture um, and so if you add all these layers up, um, oh, I forgot a layer, uh, historically nurses, not only did they have to be women, they couldn't be married because that was a thing we did. If women worked, they were unmarried women. So it was only ever unmarried women who were working as nurses. So they were all very young or they were old and never married, um, older, I should say. And so if you think about all these layers, so you've got in nursing, you've got these young women unmarried who aren't taught as much academically, who aren't valued for their independent clinical decision making and are in a role viewed as women's work because it involves a lot of emotional labor and personal care. Oh, and women are told at home, to not be assertive how dare you talk to someone like that and assert your needs make your needs known and make your um wishes heard and identify what you need in your life how dare you who do you think you are you're a woman no just take it accept it and that was the attitude so why if that was what was going on at home when they came to work would they suddenly be assertive particularly if the people that they were working with besides their immediate nursing colleagues, were doctors who were men. So there's already that gender power imbalance, who were in a sort of leadership management position over them. So there's another power imbalance there, who were more academically taught, and so had that sort of level of prestige, prowess, I don't know the word, I can't pick it up, um, but had that sort of authority that might be the word, um, because people sort of take that much more strongly. And if you weren't assertive as this young nurse, 
um, who was taught not to be assertive and you you wouldn't feel like you could combat that if you hadn't had the same um, education privilege that these doctors had had. Um, and there's so many levels, so many levels. And so because of that, nurses were never assertive. They never made it known what they needed or what was appropriate from others. Um, and it's kind of stuck. So it all originated in our sort of gender roles and expectations. Um, and it's just kind of stuck, which is really rubbish. Um, it's really kind of rubbish because even though those power imbalances are barely there, um, they've reduced significantly in the last 50 years, 100 years, even more so. Um, you now have nurses, can be men, women, non-binary, whatever. Um, it is still mostly women, but a lot of men working as nurses tend to end up in managerial positions um, sooner, which is an interesting one. And maybe a topic for another day, actually, about talking about gender balance in nursing. Anyway, um, gender doesn't matter in nursing. Anyone? medicine same you have more independence you are more academically trained you have more independent dis uh, decision making opportunities so there's all sorts of things that have changed and yet this culture of not being assertive and making your needs met needs heard sorry um isn't there and when i say assertive i don't mean aggressive there is a massive difference between assertive and aggressive um, assertive is clear, concise, collected, calm, and appropriate. That's the main thing. You are calm, you are clear, firm, and appropriate. This is how it should be. This is what needs to be. Whereas aggressive is not calm, it is not appropriate, and I think firm is not really the right word. Um, that's when it tips over into aggressive. Uh, as a lecturer and a fairly newly qualified nurse, I can see that completely um, so many newly qualified nurses and student nurses don't believe in themselves or in their knowledge. Um, so many of my students know loads more than they realise and they do, both in theory and in practice. They know so much more than they realise and they can do so much more than they realise. And it can be quite frustrating as an observer of this. Um, but equally, I've been in the position when I could do a lot more than I realised I could do. And now I realise um, <laughs> that I was very much more capable than I thought. And so uh, one of our other focus in this confidence and leadership focused supervision is to empower student nurses to know that they know what they're doing and feeling ready to do it well. And being assertive with colleagues is really important, but also being assertive with patients and carers can be really crucial. Um, I'm speaking from the perspective of a mental health nurse, so my experiences may not reflect those of adult nurses or children's nurses, I'm not sure, please tell me if that is you. Um, but as a mental health nurse, I have had to be quite uh, assertive towards my patients, whether that's them uh, due to sort of inappropriate behaviour, um, whether that is racism, which is quite common in psychiatric wards, um, and being assertive to my patients saying, we do not accept racism on this ward, that needs to stop, it's not tolerated, 
or whether that is um, sort of telling my patients certain behaviours that are problematic um, towards other people are again not tolerated. Um, we don't tolerate name calling, we don't tolerate physical assault, all of that sort of thing. You do sometimes have to be assertive and make it known that that is what it is and that's the thing. Uh, we need to remember that being assertive, you are calmly and appropriately expressing your needs or thoughts or feelings without belittling yourself or the other person. In other words, being firm and sticking up for yourself. I have been assertive at work when uh, re-establishing carers' expectations of our work and our service or when being on the receiving end of verbal hostility from family. Um, in the acute setting, I find myself needing to be assertive towards patients when they are racist, and the, wall, the ward rules need restating. It would be completely ineffective to try and confront racism or verbal aggression without asserting what is appropriate behaviour. And so when I worked in secure services, we did a lot of work on relational security and setting boundaries. And I became very well practiced at being assertive with patients to clearly set my boundaries uh, while being mindful of maintaining our therapeutic relationship and trust by not being aggressive or belittling the patient. And um, it is such a useful skill to me as a nurse and to other nurses, regardless of their field, regardless of the surface that they work in. Um, but it is interesting i think as we have done in this podcast to reflect back on how it how we've ended up not being that good at us being assertive i can be assertive because i've learned i've had to learn um the type of workplaces i've worked in i've had to be able to be assertive towards my patients and set those firm boundaries whereas a lot of nurses are in services where they don't have to be assertive and so it's a unpracticed skill and it's not as honed as it needs to be for certain situations because um, it's just going to catch you off guard and you're like, ah, oh, I needed to be assertive there and you weren't feeling ready. Um, and so assertiveness is a very curious topic in nursing and I would love to hear from any listeners uh, working in healthcare in particular who have any thoughts to add to this, any thoughts to offer. I would love to hear them. So if you do, um, Drop me a tweet at gendermhnurse, mh for mental health, and let me know what you think about assertiveness, uh, assertiveness in nursing, how it fits with culture and gender imbalance. I would love to hear what you thought, uh, particularly if you think what I've just said is a load of rubbish, um, but I would also love it if you've got sort of further development to add. Um, and I think I'm going to leave the discussion here for now. Um, but I will probably ask, pick up other aspects of gender in healthcare works, um, such as sort of the gender balance in nursing um, and management, because it's such an interesting topic, and it's quite a um, a, mm, a questionable topic. Um, so I might leave that for another day. But I hope you are keeping well. Thank you very much for listening. And I will hopefully speak to you fairly soon. I don't know what I want to talk about next. Um, please do submit any requests. But yes, thank you to the three lovely people who have spoken to me today, just today, um, and have all said, 
I really enjoyed your podcast. I found it. I loved it. Um, so thank you very much, particularly to the student who started my class with, hi Ella, good morning, I really love your podcast, so thank you so much, that was such a lovely um, start to my day, and anyway, I hope you all have a lovely day, a lovely week, and have a happy new year, goodbye.